Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Ladies and gentlemen, may I have your attention, please? You are listening to The Big Cruise Podcast. Hello and welcome to episode 47 of The Big Cruise Podcast. Uh, my name is Baz, I am your host, and shortly we'll be joined by Chris Frame, who will be uh, answering the listener question this week, which is part of Maritime History. He will, of course, bring the latest cruise news. Now, speaking of cruise news, since recording with Chris, um, I forgot to mention in that session that it was Carnival's 49th birthday. So to all the crew and the officers out at sea and, of course, the shoreside employees, a very, very happy 49th birthday to everybody at Carnival Cruise Lines. Towards the end of the show, we've also got a great guest. Uh, Damien will be joining us from Norwegian Cruise Line. He's going to be updating us on all things NCL. So we have got a pretty packed show. Now, just a little reminder, if you do like what you're listening to, share it with a friend, share it with two. But also, if you can listen, like, rate, and subscribe on your favorite podcast app, that would be greatly appreciated too. And one little final mention as well. If you haven't been onto our website recently, we do have the uh, the merchandise available in the form of ethical cruise tees. That's right, ethical t-shirts. Uh, you can choose a design from the big, big Cruise podcast range or you can design your own. And the great thing is that it's organic cotton. They're produced using green energy and there's zero plastic in the whole production. So take a look next time you're on the website. But let's jump straight into today's show and uh, head over and uh, join Chris Frame. Enjoy. And at the start of every show, we always welcome our good friend, maritime historian and author, Chris Frame. Chris, it is Friday. We're back to a normal episode of the podcast. Yes, Baz, very different from last time when we were standing on the pier looking at a ship, but it's nice to be back. It is, it is, for sure. Now, we've got quite a bit to get through today in the form of maritime history and cruise news, but today's maritime history is brought to us by a listener question. Uh, John mm. in Perth actually sent it through and uh, was asking how uh, the growth of aviation impacted cruising. Was it uh, positive or negative overall? So over to you. Yes. Yeah, so quite often you'll hear of the, the impact that airplanes had on passenger ships. And so it really depends on um, the perspective that you're looking at it as to whether it's a positive or a negative in terms of the ships versus airplane conversation. Because, of course, the old 
liners, the ships that were designed to undertake the long duration line voyages connecting place to place, um, they became relatively obsolete when uh, jet airplanes became sort of easily accessible. So we're kind of looking at the era of the late 1950s, early 1960s, and you see many, many people choose to, to fly for the first time as opposed to taking the passenger ships, the old liners, the mm-hmm. Atlantic liners, the liners that sailed to Australia, that sort of thing. Yep. Um, but out of that, there developed this new cruising market and it started off very slowly, small ships and um, a couple of new companies that started up, including Carnival and Norwegian Cruise Line um, and also some existing companies that were able to adapt that built um, – liners that could also be operated as cruise ships and those ships started to benefit from a partnership with airlines because the the companies realized that if you base the ship out of a a cruise port such as southampton in the uk or miami in the united states or sydney in australia you could fly people to that destination that port and then they could take the cruise from there so in the 1970s you start to see cruise lines operating out of ports that they never the, the passenger transatlantic line has never used to operate out of mm-hmm. such as miami um but you see more and more uh people doing fly cruise combinations they fly into the location and they board the ship and then they get off the ship when it comes back and they fly home mm-hmm. and this meant that this wonderful partnership sort of developed between airlines and cruise lines to 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 get people from all around the world to board the ship and you have this you know big boom in cruising starting thanks to the ability for people to get to the cruise locations and see these wonderful parts of the world. Um, And in fact, uh, you know, those partnerships still exist. There's um, a couple of very notable um, examples. Uh, In fact, even on the old transatlantic route, when QE2 used to do that um, service Mm -hmm. all by herself, they used to partner with Concorde. So you could um, sail. Yeah, exactly. Baz, you could sail across on, um, on Kiwi 2 for, for five days back then. They used to do it in five days. And then um, you could fly back in, in three hours on, on Concorde. So, um, and in fact, there's a lovely little story that um, that one of the Kiwi 2's former captains told um, that um, as Kiwi 2 was leaving um, out of, you know, Southampton and going out into open water, they could sometimes they could hear the, the sonic boom as Concorde went over uh-huh. on its way to New York. And they used to jokingly say something to passengers along the lines of, um, by the time they get to New York, you could have read the QE2's menu, you know, <laughs> so, um, a little bit, of, a little bit of fun there, but you could have that, um, that combination. In fact, uh, Cunard was one of the, the biggest, um, purchases of Concorde tickets because of that arrangement. Wow. Um, and then others is like Carnival, for example, the cruise line, they even had their own airline yeah, for a while. Yeah, um, yeah Carnival Airlines uh, with a fleet of Airbuses. So um, that that was obviously like a, a, an attempt at, um, at doing the, the air travel thing themselves, but it just showed that the airlines were very important to to that cruising story. So to answer your, your question, John, um, cruising wouldn't exist the way it did you know, up until 2020, um, without the airlines and the cruise lines supporting each other, but the airlines did kill off the grand old liners of yesteryear that that, that was um, the preferred way to travel before 
jet airplanes came in. Um, so it's a bit of a, a double-edged sword. <laughs> Brilliant question, John. Uh, thanks for sending that through. And if, yeah, uh, it was good. Thank you for that. <laughs> if uh, any of the listeners do have a question, just a quick reminder, you can send all questions and inquiries through to myself and Chris via the website, mm. bigcruisepodcast.com. Uh, top right-hand corner, there's a, a little button, join the show, and that's how you can get in touch with us to, uh, to send that through. And uh, all questions welcomed. Let's, uh, let's find a hard topic. Let's try and uh, stump Chris, because oh, we no. haven't managed to do it yet in 47 <laughs> episodes. <laughs> well, fortunately, Baz does give me a little bit of advance warning sometimes, but it's been fun. <laughs> <laughs> now, before we jump into cruise news, just a little update. Back in episode 45, we did chat with uh, Shane from Virgin Voyages on all things, of course, what was happening behind the scenes for them mm. and their, their plans to restart. Um, since we spoke to Shane, um, we did joke around that the, the third name should be, of course, Bonzalazy. Mm. That wasn't <laughs> the case. Uh, they'd uh, already decided, I think, but unable to share at the time that it is, in fact, Resilient Lady who will be sailing uh, from Athens in Greece, and she'll be cruising around the Greek Isles and also up into the Adriatic with uh, Sunday departures. And uh, the great thing about those itineraries, they have late nights in uh, Croatia and overnights in Mykonos, so really get to sample yeah, the best. Great of, name too, given given the time that it was being um, designed and, and put together. You know, it shows the resilience of the industry that Virgin is still still putting together three ships to, to launch their brand. So. Yeah. And uh, number four is not far behind, I believe, as well. So uh, it's going to be going to be exciting over the next couple of years for the Virgin team. Um, yeah. But we'll move on to uh, gen- general cruise news. Um, of mm. course, the biggest news in the cruise industry this week did come from the UK. Tell us more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the the uh, there's a now a, a, a sort of verified plan to resume cruising for um, ships out of English ports um, in May. In fact, the seventeenth, I think, mm-hmm. of May was the date that's being flagged. Um, and as a result of this, there's been a lot of, um, you know, activity that's been, been going on. Of course, lots of cruisers in that part of the world are very excited um, and the cruise lines are responding. So you've got both um, Princess Cruises and P&O are going to be offering um, short cruises from English coastal ports. Um, I think from, from what I understand, Baz, it's um, for English uh, ports only at this stage, but there will be obviously some further discussions in relation to the rest of the United Kingdom. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it really does, I guess, um, put down for the first time some sort of solidarity around when they might actually be able to start kickstarting the, the, the massive cruising industry that was such a huge part of the tourism um, of the United Kingdom. Yes, very exciting indeed. And if, uh, if you are listening to this in the UK, and you're planning to book on one of those early, um, short uh, taster cruises, I guess, for want of a better word, get in touch. We want uh, to, to hear all about your experiences on board. Uh, we won't be jealous at all, would we, Baz? <laughs> no, no. We'll, uh, we'll just, no, uh, but it'd be nice to get some some, some travel reviews again, you yeah. know, like, and then um, we can live vicariously through the listeners. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Now, uh, great news and uh, close to your heart down here in Australia. Queen Elizabeth mm. has been announced as uh, an extended season for 22-23. Yes, yes she's uh, Australia's uh, local Cunard queen. She's been um, ha- had been based here for you know longer and longer periods of time over the last few years. And, and in fact, um, when the cruise port started, of course, she was in Sydney and spent a little while at anchor off, off Gladstone before heading up to Manila. So um, the ship will return to Australia, which is great news. And a lot of, a lot of people in this part of the world um, are very fond of the Cunard experience, kind of tradition that dates back all the way to when Kiwi 2 used to come here every year on her world cruises. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the ship it will be arriving back in Aussie waters in November 2022. 
Um, and this is, of course, after what's planned to be its 2021-22 season. So that, as far as I'm, you know, as far as I'm aware, is still going ahead. Mm-hmm. It'll head off then up up to the northern hemisphere for the middle of the year period when it's the Australian winter, and then come back in November 22, and will stay until um, March 2023. And that will actually include the ship's first circumnavigation of the Australian continent. Mm, now, exciting. And just yeah, interestingly enough, when 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 the ship's um, itineraries were all changed last year, they had actually planned to do a twenty a circumnavigation rather, um, but of course because of the the COVID um, shutdown, that had to be cancelled. So this will allow the ship to actually complete something that people have been looking forward to for quite some time. So yeah, and great that you can embark in two different places. You can even choose to start in Fremantle, Western Australia, on the seventh mm. of November, or in Sydney, uh, just a little later in that month, on the fifteenth of November. So, uh, great opportunity yeah. to join from both sides of Australia. Yes, Oceania. We spoke about them launching their tropics and exotics. I think it was in mm-hmm. last step, last main episode. Um, they smashed another record. Yeah, yeah, their busiest ever booking day on the third of March, um, and this is of course in relation to that. Uh, sales for their 2022 and 2023 season bears yeah incredible i mean 18 years of history and they have their, their busiest day ever it just shows that you know it's going to be close to two years by the time uh, some of us get back out onto the ocean and um there's so much demand that um, if people want to book a 2022 or even a 23 cruise and you've got a particular mm. voyage in mind or a particular cabin think about it mm. now because there's the whole world booking into these departures so far out at the moment mm-hmm Heading back to the UK, uh, Fred Olson, they've also announced a new uh, deployment for 2223. Yes, they're going to be uh, doing 126 voyages over that period, um, and that visits over 80 countries. Um, and it includes, of course, they're, they're famous for their UK-based departures from multiple UK ports, um, but they're also they're also a global brand too. I mean, we used to see um, yeah. Blackwatch and... Um, and Boudicca in our part of the world quite quite regularly, um, and that's going to you know that global sort of reach will continue with their with their revitalised fleet, which of course um, is of the, the four ships there. Um, and they'll be having cruises in the Mediterranean. They're actually going to be going to Gallipoli, um, Canada. They'll be in Japan for people who are in, um, in in this this side of the of the planet. Um, and um, Bremer, their their smaller ship, is actually also going to be revisiting the Corinth Canal in Greece. And if you Google it, you can see, or YouTube it, you can see some amazing video of her going through this canal. It's barely wider Pretty than the Pretty tight ship is. squeeze, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> it is amazing. And she's, a, you know, I mean, I've, I've actually um, uh, seen her up close and personal, been able to, to go and have a look around the ship when it was um, alongside. And, you know, she's not, she's not big, but she's not small. So mm-hmm. it's amazing to, to, um, to see the ship going through this, um, this canal. <laughs> and I, I mean, I knew they did a lot of regional departures in the UK, but I honestly didn't realise it was so many. I'm just looking at the list here now. Mm. We've got Tilbury in London, you've got Belfast, sorry, Belfast, uh, Portsmouth, yep. Southampton, Dover, yep. Liverpool, Newcastle, mm-hmm. Edinburgh, like incredible. Well, yeah, they, they are quite, um, you know, widely spread out in terms of their departures. And I think um, that's one of the things that so many people in the UK has got this this, I mean, it's, it seems sounds so convenient, you know, Southampton and stuff, but at the same time, you have to organize the travel there. So it allows people from different areas to get access to the ships. Um, and, you know, Fred Olsen's not the only brand that does that, mm-hmm. but they, they definitely have a pretty pretty big footprint um, around the UK. Yeah. Now, some good news out of Crystal. Um, they're bringing mm-hmm. back a ship that um, I actually thought had been sold, but uh, she's back for 2022. 
She is. Um, it's the Crystal Mozart. Um, she's yeah. actually had quite a, a long history. She's been around for a while, but she's she she started cruising for Crystal in 2016. Mm-hmm. Um, but yes, yeah, so she's she's back. She'll be sailing around from Vienna. Um, in March, from March of 2022. And uh, the, the smaller, newer sister ships are all going to be now located upon the, the Rhine and uh, the Moselle. Yes. And uh, back down to Australia, lastly, we've got some great news out of Penant. We were talking about Kimberley, of course, with Coral Expeditions mm-hmm. just the other day. Um, but Penant are back in a big way for 2022. Yes, uh, I think it's, I think was it twenty six cruises back yeah, that they're going to be yeah. offering. <laughs> so it's quite a lot, um, and you know the Kimberley is obviously becoming uh, more and more um, accessible with different ships that are that are going there. And Penance got that that fleet of um, you know small ship cruising, but it's definitely they haven't sort of spared any expense by look at the deck plans and and the information that comes out about their their particular offering it includes you know dining rooms bars a swimming pool um for for, you know for some small ship cruising that's not necessarily possible but they have that here uh with panant and one of the ships that's coming our way is a less solel yep and um she's got 95 percent of her cabins have a balcony so like pretty smart set up there on board um so yeah 26 different voyages you can choose from exploring um the kimberley which of course is one of the greatest parts of the west australian coast yeah it is and um the, as i say going there from the, the the end of the wet season from march all the way through to september allows people to have that real variation seasonal um experiences which is what we talked about of course with coral exhibitions mm. just the other day as well um, that's all we've got in the news at the moment, but I'm sure you've got some uh, some activity out in the uh, YouTube area, Chris. What's happening in the the video? This yes, week? so I did. Uh, I had a look at what some of the most um, most asked questions are in relation to cruising at the moment, uh, and one of them was why are the cruise ships still sailing around? And there is, of course, various different reasons. I think the listeners today will be able to guess that some of the reasons is because they've got passengers on board. Mm. But there's other reasons too as to why the ships that are empty are still moving around, why they're still going from port to port, why it looks almost from satellite imagery and uh, and voice trackers as if the cruise industry is still active because there's so many ships moving around the place. So this week's video is going to look into that um, in a bit more detail. Brilliant. As always, we've got the, the link to your YouTube channel in the uh, the show notes, and uh, we'll be sure to uh, share that. It's easy to find if you just go on YouTube, just search for Chris Frame. You'll find his whole array of videos there. Um, Chris, always a pleasure. Great to catch up with you in person uh, down on the dockside earlier this week. Um, but we're back. Yes, it was very good. Yeah, <laughs> Back to doing our remote stuff for the moment, but uh, until the same time next week, uh, thanks again. Thanks so much, Baz. Did I mention there's a little way you can help keep this uh, podcast on air? That's right, just for the cost of a coffee, uh, so about four Aussie dollars, about two pounds something, about two euros something, um, you can make a donation and that helps uh, keep the lights on and keep the, the podcast uh, producing in the, in this weekly format. Um, or you can join up as a member and make a, a monthly uh, subscription and in return receive some incredible um, bonus material as well. Um, all the details are on the show notes of each individual podcast or you can head to uh, the website buymeacoffee forward slash the big cruise pod. And uh, we look forward to uh, shouting you out if you are able to uh, to make a little donation. Thanks in advance.
Right, and next up on the podcast, we're joined by good friends from Norwegian Cruise Line, Damien Borg, Director of Sales. Hey, Damien, how are you, mate? Great, Barry. How are you doing? Yeah, good. Really good, thanks. Thanks for taking the time to to join the podcast. Um, we're, we're sharing the love a little bit. We're trying to allow everybody to, to have a bit of free airtime, and uh, it's uh, your turn to talk all things Norwegian this week. And for the benefit of the listeners who, I'm sure they've heard of Norwegian, but Tell us a little bit about the, the history, the brand, and what sets Norwegian apart from, from every other big white ship that's out there. Yeah, look, really happy to, and I'm pleased to be on board today. Thanks very much. Norwegian's, Norwegian's been around for over 50 years, and, and we're the third largest cruise line when it comes to uh, fleet size, etc. So we've been around for a long time, but, but probably lesser known in this part of the world, um, mm-hmm. given the majority of our product is internationally based. So Australians yep. would need to jump on a plane and take their passports and travel to, to pick up our ships. What we're best known for, I guess, is uh, over the last 50 years, we've been known to innovate cruising and we've implemented and introduced onboard initiatives that have really revolutionised the way the cruising industry operates. And I think there's mm-hmm. probably no better example of that than our freestyle dining concept yeah, of that course. we brought in many, many years ago. And that, you know, typically... Uh, guests jumping on cruise ships were stuck with the the two set dinner time settings that um, Mm -hmm. was a lot frustrating for for people and it was also at the same table with the same people but we introduced freestyle dining which meant that you could you could basically have a meal at any time of the day whenever you wanted wherever you wanted and with whoever you wanted and that that is really the philosophy you have on board our ships it's a very flexible style of cruising Uh, we we considered a contemporary cruise line barry Yep. I don't know what that means these days, to be honest, <laughs> but I, I would suggest we're a very relaxed cruise line without um, without being too, you know, too lower, uh, lower starred, if, if that makes sense. We're yeah, yeah. sitting around that full star mark, I guess, if you were to place a marker on us, but it's a casual style of cruising that has you know, a great deal of flexibility on board. Yeah, I've been lucky enough to sail on on two of your ships as guests of Norwegian uh, previously, Epic and Encore, and had great times on both. But I think one thing that really stood out for me was the quality of the entertainment, and I think you certainly take entertainment to the to the next level. We are certainly known as the as having the best entertainment at sea, and I've been on several of our ships as well. And I'm glad to hear you've been on Epic and Encore, uh, two very different ships, but yeah. also styles of entertainment on board. The main thing that I would say to someone who hasn't travelled on us is the entertainment is second to none. We are talking about um, proper Broadway productions that have just been adapted to fit the stage on a cruise ship, basically. So whether it's Kinky Boots, Jersey Boys, Burn the Floor, Priscilla, um, you know, some of these shows are obviously very well known to to the general public. And when you see them on board a ship, it's the quality is outstanding. It's it really is. It's and then you've got shows like Choir of Man. Oh, incredible. Um, which is currently actually in Australia at the moment, yeah. Barry. They're playing in South Australia at the Fringe Festival and also at the Opera House. I had the uh, pleasure of seeing them last week. They're amazing shows and people walk away um thrilled that they're able to see a Broadway production uh, whilst they're on their holidays which they probably wouldn't normally do yeah and I, I honestly thought it was going to be like a real slim down version just you know condensed into 35 40 minutes but it's not it's it's a a full full-on you know good good quality show and that choir manager say I've, I've seen them both on your ship and also here when they were last here in perth and incredible I encourage anybody that is Adelaide or sydney to go and see it because it is a very very uh, good show 
Correct. Or you would have seen Kinky Boots on Encore, which I think was yeah. an hour and 20 production, which is yeah, quite yeah. amazing. Yeah, no, it's, it's very, very good. And of course, good old Priscilla on, on Epic was also a standout as well. Now, obviously, there's lots of talk um, around the restart of Cruise and how we're going to do that safely. In fact, we heard in the UK earlier this week that they're going to be restarting on the 17th of May. Um, but when it comes to Norwegian, you've had this kind of peace of mind, sail-safe policy in place for quite some time now as you partnered with some incredible people. Do you want to share with the listeners some of the, the key points? But don't worry, I will put all the details in the show notes if they want to want to read more. Yeah, look, really happy to. And, and right now, this is really, this is very topical. You know, I think the... The stage that we're at with uh, our future guests streaming and planning holidays is around confidence with health and safety and what's happening on board. So uh, very early in the piece, we partnered up with the Royal Caribbean Group and created the Healthy Sail Panel, Barry. And Mm -hmm. for me, I was really excited that we, you know, had the courage to partner with a competitor to ensure that we were producing the best of the best when it comes to return to sale policies and procedures. Um, yep. It meant that we wouldn't leave any stone unturned. So I commend the management team for their foresight to, to partner with um, the Royal Group just to get these things right. So they um, they were basically a, a panel of experts, you know, specialising in things like you know, science, medical practice, public health, infectious disease, everything that you'd need to know about in order to return to, to sale safely. They concluded their findings uh, a little over a couple of months ago and then compiled a report that had 74 recommendations uh, that we would implement across our fleet uh, mm-hmm. in order to give the consumers confidence that we were prepared to carry them again safely. So those recommendations have been presented to the CDC in the US um, and we will also share those recommendations with the broader cruise industry as well just Incredible. to make sure that we can we can all build that confidence because, as you know, cruising you know, took a bit of a hit in the last 12 mm-hmm. months and the reputation of cruising especially. But uh, I think what we're already seeing is I think the numbers I read last week from Clear was was circa 300-odd thousand guests have sailed in the last or since COVID started yeah. and with very, very few incidents of COVID on board. So we can do it right. We are doing it right. And uh, we've released information on the the changes that we've made to our fleet you know we've we've upgraded the air filtration systems they are now hospital grade across the board mm-hmm. there'll be enhanced screening protocols you know the sanitation measures on board will be improved uh, we'll obviously still need to have some sort of social distancing when uh, when the ships return the enhanced medical services we'll have on board will be incredible. Now, we already had a sophisticated suite of medical services, but they, they'll be enhanced as well, including quite a few isolation suites where we've converted cabins into uh, medical isolation suites, yeah, not just for COVID, just for any other incident that may happen as well. Um, and, of course, this goes beyond the ship as well, Barry, and I think one of the yeah, major changes yeah. to cruising will be um, the off-ship experience and how we deal with shore excursions, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're working tirelessly with our shore excursion partners to ensure that they can meet the standards that we're setting on board um, when our guests travel with them uh, off the ship to other various places that they, they visit through yeah. excursions. Brilliant. And as I say, I'll, I'll put some, all those uh, the, 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 the link to all these particular measures in here and i think um one thing that um 
you know, we talk about hand washing and things on ships, but you guys have been taking that to the next level for some time. You have your little team of wishy-washy men and women that, uh, you know, in a fun way, encourage people to continually wash their hands as well. So we're, we're, we're not changing everything. We're just enhancing little things here and there to, to make sure that we're, we're ready it's for this a, return. It's a fun culture that people yeah. are used to when they cruise, so that yeah. won't be any surprise. But that'll just be enhanced with things like thermoimaging and yeah. uh, and and tracking of guests on board so that we, we know and can control um, anything that, that should happen. But, you know, touch wood, there's, there's a lot happening on board our ships that aren't happening elsewhere in society, which I think is, is quite yep. surprising. So when yep. people put things in perspective, they should have a great deal of confidence. Absolutely. And speaking of confidence, a lot of cruise lines have got these uh, book with confidence type policies where, you know, you can book a cruise today with the confidence that uh, if it doesn't go ahead for, for COVID type reasons, and there, there is some peace of mind around that. What, what details have you got for, for the Norwegian brand? It's in two parts. I can answer that, Barry. Obviously, we've got guests who have got sailings booked for 2021. Mm-hmm. Now, obviously, a return to sail uh, is is still a little up in the air at the moment, given um, cruise lines haven't been approved to set sail yet properly. Mm-hmm. Yep. So for those people with uh, with travel booked for 21, they can cancel their, their cruise up to 15 days right now and receive a full um, future cruise credit for the value of that cruise that they can then put onto a future um, cruise sailing up until um, the end of 2022. Mm-hmm. Um, final balance payments we've uh, we've reset to 30 days prior to sailing. So if someone has a cruise set to sail in 21, they haven't paid their balance yet, they haven't up until 30 days now to pay okay. that. Or they can cancel, of course, before they pay their balance, which is nice and flexible and and certainly shorter than we've, we've typically had in place. But outside of that... Um, with any sailing up until four months prior to sailing, a guest can can cancel without penalty. So the majority of business we're seeing now, Barry, is into 22 and 23. Yeah. Um, you know, it's it's almost you know, 98% of what we're booking right now, and they fall into the periods where people can book without risk at all. Yep, yep. And as we've seen from a number of different cruise lines, there is definitely demand out there. Um, some cruise lines are reporting, you know, some of their busiest booking days on record. In fact, one of your sister brands, Oceania, just did that uh, last week, I believe. So if people are thinking of a cruise in 22 or even 23, uh, think about it sooner rather than later because you could be disappointed if you have a particular voyage in mind that you're, you're thinking of. Now, you haven't obviously just been busy with COVID. You've been busy with lots of other things. I'm guessing, uh, well, we do know that Norwegian Spirit had a complete overhaul, a multi multi-million dollar spend on her uh, back in 2020 and uh, the the shipyards are not closed if there's any details of any new ships that are still yet to to be launched uh, share it with us yeah look uh the figure i can share with you is a hundred us million dollars that was spent on norwegian spirit and Whoa. that really flows onto the fact that we have essentially the youngest fleet in that contemporary space in the marketplace at the moment barry and that's mm-hmm. because we've we've now overhauled uh, nearly actually all of our ships now. I think there's maybe one more to go. If they aren't brand new ships, they've been completely overhauled in the last three to four years. Yep. So it doesn't matter how old a ship is. So you know, anyone listening out there, don't don't look at the build date of the ships. Um, what we've done, the Norwegian Spirit, has completely transformed her into a brand new ship. Uh, the interesting thing with Spirit is, uh, which is quite unique for us, is we've actually removed the the kids' facilities on board. Barry. Oh wow! Wow. It was an interesting move on our part, but she's she's of a size that uh, makes her, I, I guess, a little boutique for our fleet. And um, the attraction of 
removing the kids' facilities allowed us to transform that area into an adults-only retreat, uh, which is an area called Spice H2O. Of course. If you can imagine, it's been inspired by, you know, those renowned summer beach parties in Ibiza and that sort of thing. So it's, um, it's a bit of fun. We've also added some sophistication with regards to the dining options, and we've just put Onda by Scarpetta on that ship, which is a an amazing uh, Italian restaurant. Uh, mm-hmm. Typically, when you look, when you think Italian and on cruise ships, it's that Americanized Italian fare. Um, this is straight out of Tuscany. This is absolutely Beautiful. amazing and so authentic. It's not funny. So, so she is a smaller ship. She is adult centric. However, we will still carry children, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, and she'll be arriving into Sydney on the 23rd of December doing some one-way sailings between Sydney and Auckland. So we're excited that she'll be here for the first time. Now, her refurbishment was March in 2020. So if you do the sums, uh, COVID hit just after that. We've had no one on that ship. So she's pretty yeah. much brand new. Awesome. The newest, technically the the newest ship down in, in Australia. That would probably make her as well. Yeah, um, I think very unique given the size and the uh, the adult centric feel that she'll have. Yeah, I like this this concept of this kind of boutique ship. But I mean, as much as I like the the encore and the epic, this is very very different. You know, you haven't got your go karts, you haven't got your your water parks or your splash parks. You, it's just a, a very very different vibe, and I think it's going to be great for for the Australia New Zealand uh, season when we we get there later this year. And of course, the the great news is she's uh, she's going to be coming back again, isn't she? Twenty two, twenty three. Yeah, she will be. So uh, she'll come back to Australia on. Um, she'll be on a sailing through from Singapore to Sydney on the twelfth of uh, June. Sorry, the sixth of December. Wow, yep. that's a seventeen day cruise. Um, then she's into her domestic sailing program. But then she'll actually head back up. Um, she'll do a Sydney, Bali, Bali, Sydney in March mm-hmm. and April 22. Um, but then she'll relocate up to Alaska and she's doing some amazing itineraries between Sydney and Papiete. Yep. Then she'll do Papiete, Honolulu, uh, a couple of seas, uh, sailings on that particular itinerary. And then an amazing itinerary that we haven't done before, which is from Honolulu to Vancouver, which is on the 12th of June, which I think is going to be an amazing fire and ice opportunity for guests looking for that really special experience. Brilliant. When I was lucky enough to sail on on Encore, she was then the newest ship of the fleet. Is there any other sisters that are due out over the next couple of years? Yeah, it's been reported and openly reported that we're working on what we're calling Project Leo. Uh, it's a new class of ships. So, we'll, oh, wow. so Encore was the last of our Breakaway Plus ships. and. Look, she's magnificent. Mm-hmm. Um, we've uh, there's renders out in the public domain uh, on Leo and what she'll look like. She's she's got a very unique hull shape, and knowing the team in our operations department, she is just going to exceed anyone's imagination uh, with what she'll have on board by way of amenities and services. But um, so she's due to due to sail well, at this point you know covid pending around about july 2022 so you know okay. we're talking very close um, yeah. we're hoping to release details on that in the next month or so so watch this space oh brilliant but i think the one thing i'll mention and, and at the start you you asked what sets us apart we've got several classes of ship barriers you know you know from yep. spirit to epic to you know pride of america encore um the one thing is whilst they'll have different amenities on board there's a consistent feel around the restaurants the quality of the food the bars etc that that creates um some some synergies across the fleet 
so that when you jump on one ship, whilst it might be a different shape or size, like Epic, there's a, a familiar feel around you yeah, know, the yep. restaurants you go to and the bars that you sit at, which um, which our guests love because they, they almost feel like they're coming home even though it's a different ship. Yeah, of course. Um, now, you've generally got uh, some incredible promotions, and I think you make no apologies for, for not being the cheapest cruise line that is out there, but that's because you include so much in the promotions that you, you have. What promotions have we got out in the, the, the Australian marketplace at the moment? Right now, we've got our Take All Five offer, which is our best uh, supported promotion of all time, really. So mm-hmm. um, across all of our metas, uh, all of our categories, guests will receive a free uh, drinks package, Wi-Fi, shore excursion credit. Um, they'll also receive our, um, on selected sailings, our, our third and fourth guests also travel free as well. So oh, wow. it's incredible value. Uh, we, we're talking in excess of over 2,000 US dollars in value there. So it's uh, it's a great time to book NCL, as I said, at, at little risk, given it's deposit and refundable up to four months prior to sailing. Um, but I would certainly jump on board and take advantage of that offer whilst it's in market. For sure. And uh, just to remind the listeners, when you are looking for, for your next cruise, make sure you check out uh, a clear accredited uh, travel advisor. You can find a full list of them on the clear website and a link to that also in the show notes as well. Now, before we let you go, Damien, we've just got a bit of fun towards the end, uh, which we generally do with our guests. Just a couple of short, quick fire questions, just whatever comes to, to front of mind. First of all, uh, we start off with the, the classic sunrise or sunset. Sunset. <laughs> Mandurah Spa or Spice H2O? Spice H2O, boy. <laughs> Cagney Steakhouse or Ondo by Scarpetta? Oh, that's a hard one. I haven't been to Onda yet. I'm going to say Cagney's. Okay. Good to go for steak. the classic. Yep. That's <laughs> a great one. <laughs> we're on board, Spirits. It's my shout. We're at the Spinnaker Bar. What are you drinking? Oh, I'm having an American beer. I'm a I'm a sucker for it, really. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a boring boy, Barry, I know, but that's, that's what I love. <laughs> Uh, a day at sea or exploring ashore? Exploring ashore. Um, whilst there's lots to do on board our ships, uh, I love setting foot on an, in a new country or an old one they haven't visited for a while. <laughs> and finally, if COVID was over and we were all free once again and you could go anywhere tomorrow, where would you cruise to with who and why? I cancelled a family holiday to Europe for this year, Barry, um, oh. which is our first time away to uh, to that part of the world, given my kids just finished high school. So um, Mediterranean, uh, with a trip through the UK down to Rome, sailing the Med, and then probably two weeks in Malta, I think. Oh, sounds incredible. Mm. Now, before we let you go, if you've got a message for your, your past loyal guests or any potential future guests, the, the last word is all yours. Look, um, you know, vaccines have started to roll out in Australia now, so there's a real sense of excitement that the borders will open up at some point soon. We're seeing a surge on bookings. Europe is certainly hot right now. And my biggest message to anyone looking to travel in 2022 is get in early, mm-hmm. uh, that we reduce capacities, not just on our fleet, but across the um, the cruising world. So remember that if there's reduced capacities, there's less space. So if you want to get away anywhere next year, um, book it early. Yep, absolutely. Couldn't agree more. Damien, always a pleasure to speak with you, mate. Uh, really enjoyed having you on the podcast today, and you're more than welcome back anytime. In fact, when you're going to announce that, Leo, maybe we'll get you back for, for five minutes and you can update the listeners just then. Anytime, and I really appreciate it, Baz. That's all for today. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you find your favourite podcasts. Until next time, bon voyage.
Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 